Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to yet another long in the wait episode of the Players Club podcast. I know it's been a while. Um, you've had all the Game of the Year episodes right before this, but back to another traditional episode of the Players Club podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for coming through. I am Emma Watkins Jr. and I'm joined here today by a, a cool cavalcade of Ah, I can't think of another K or C word that matches um, of people. So first, let's start off with the one and only. You know him. You love them. Alan Mir. How's it going, homie? Look, Jesus is risen. Don't tell me Tallarico in there. <laughs> Tommy Tallarico's like, actually, I helped him move the boulder to get out of the cave. <laughs> Good God. Jesus Watch- is very proud. <laughs> Jesus is god damn it if you do if you haven't watched that oof video by h bomber guy everybody watch that video it's a good video it will make I'm, I'm you i'm gonna send you a um a video that uh pat country uh shared on his youtube channel that that is equal, that is equal parts to that like it's tommy Tallarico talking about um pat country and ian um for about 50, 50 minutes Oh boy, that's it's, uh, it's nuts. <laughs> I can only imagine how nuts that is. Oh boy. All right, so I guess I'll look at that soon. Uh, but before I look at any of that, let's also welcome back Graydon Webb. How's it going, homie? Uh, it's good. I'm starting it off tired, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> oh boy, shout out to the, the, the 11 p.m. almost recording times, but we'll make it through. We'll make it through. Um, but you're not just joined here with these three folks. You're also joined here today by uh, new guests on the show. DJ, how's it going, homie? Hey, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I just found out that the tomb is empty and he is risen, and uh, I got to get the hell to church. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard this song. There's these guys that are also asking you to take him to church, so maybe you can get a ride with them. Um, I don't know who sings that song. It would have been great if I knew the people who sung that song. What's that song that goes, take me to church? Yeah, you're... Um... <laughs> Oh my! Gonna, I was just listening to it today. I was gonna sit and let you squad. Hosier, oh Hosier, yeah, Hosier. That's his name. That's it. That's <laughs> Take it. Me yeah. To <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, we got a full house today for this episode because we're talking about Pax. Ooh, I almost said West. Pax East. <laughs> I forgot because I went to the West right after that, so it's all one big blur in my brain. Um, as you might have heard, as I actually by the time. By the last proper episode of the Players Club podcast, I don't think I was going on a trip. (laughs) I don't think that was known or said on the show. So, yeah, I went to Boston for PAX West or fuck PAX East. See, Mm -hmm. I did it right there. Um, And I saw Graydon there, which was very exciting, uh, which we're about to talk about in a second. So, yeah, um, I guess, you know, let's just start with our general thoughts on PAX. Um, How was PAX for you, Graydon? Because I know you you go a lot and DJ, I know you go a lot as well. How was this show since y'all actually have something to compare it to versus me? Um, I I think it was definitely better than it had been overall in the past couple of years. Um, it's been on a bit of a decline simply because bigger publishers were leaving it. Um, and I mean, though, I think that we like <laughs> TJ will also attest it's a that's a better thing but like <laughs> the, the in, playstation yeah the, the overall consent like people in general look at it and think oh the big publishers have pulled out it's probably not going to be as big of a thing but honestly that gives you more space for like smaller indie things to get bigger booths get bigger presence and um you just you just get 
you get more in there and a lot more things that just like hidden gems. And so I think that, I don't know. I mean, on top of that, like the, the attendance this year didn't seem like too crazy. It didn't like, it just, it, it felt like it went pretty smooth and um, yeah, I was, I was impressed. Like it does feel like it's on the, on the incline again. Definitely. (laughs) I hate to say it, but definitely since PlayStation left, it's been getting better year over year. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. What is it about PlayStation? Did it just once PlayStation's there, just it just inflates to people who want to come just through more and play room to walk around? Honestly, they always have uh... such huge booths, and for not much of anything, because they always have what they they'd have an app. I think where yeah. like you'd have to like queue online, and it was a disaster every year. So there's really just more room to walk around. Just. Hmm not being taken up by useless nonsense that they usually have every year. Yeah. Like if you, it, I know, I mean, if you, if PlayStation were there, you would have wanted to see things and what you would have done is basically had a lot more anxiety in your day because you set up a reservation with a boot. I think it was like 11 o'clock. They, all the games went live and you would just pick whatever one you wanted in an instant because they were gone in an instant. Oh, and it was like that. Like, you'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll play. And when I, when I had done it a couple of years back, it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play control at four o'clock. And then you'd like miserable. During that. <laughs> and I, I, I think you complained for like a straight half hour after the day. Yeah. Cause like the, the demo sucked and it was, I got lost <laughs> and no one helped me. And it was like a 10 minute. <laughs> It was just like, you're in the middle of the game. Here's a 10 minute timer. And then it was like, I, my whole day was devoted to coming back here to play this. Did they actually show you a timer when you did that? Or did they? Yeah. Yeah. It was on the screen the whole time. That's anxiety inducing. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) Exactly. Reminder, you have 10 minutes before you can't have fun. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah, it was a real mess. And then I remember there was, uh, I think that same year they were doing PSVR stuff. And like, there was a lot of VR demos that year and everyone just wanted to play them and they were all a mess. And that's why I was so crazy when maybe it was two years ago, you played Paper Beast VR. Yeah, yeah, I still still, I still got the t-shirt from those guys. I actually want to pick that game up because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, it was called Paper Beast. It was by a French dev, I believe. Yeah, hmm. and it was like so easy to get in there. Like, now oh, the yeah. Beast... That was like the first booth we went to that year. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely right gotten, it's gotten a lot easier to to get in to actually play stuff, which is very cool. Boy, howdy. Huh. All right, well, that shows to go what I know. Uh, DJ, would you say it was a similar experience for you as well compared to other years? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I Personally, he has a lot more experience of going to the big booths. For me, I'm all about just going to the indies. I don't like waiting in lines. So having more room for more indie booths means more for me personally. Um, my only thing with this year is uh, uh, not many of the panels super interested me. The Final Fantasy 16 one was pretty cool, but... I was uh I was in line elsewhere at the time for something I wanted to do, so I didn't end up going there. Um, but I, I heard it was good. Uh, I love Yoshi P. I'm a big Final Fantasy 14 fan, and I'm a Final Fantasy 15 apologist. So <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I know that was kind of the whole shtick this year. But beyond that, there weren't many panels I was interested in. Um, I think it was 2020, 2019. They had a Yoko Taro panel that I I went to and really enjoyed. Um, first year I went to one with like um some big youtubers like it had a 
uh, Louis Caliber was there. I am Wildcat. They, they were pretty popular at the time, but not like they are now. So it's like mm. there were been a lot of panels, usually one or two each year. But I don't know. This year, panels didn't do it for me. But the indie games we saw this year, I think, were phenomenal. There were so many that caught my eye. Normally, it's maybe only like five. And I got to say, it was like maybe 10 to 15 different games this year really caught my eye. Um, and uh, I think we're just going to get even better games next year. Hmm. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, uh, I had a I, I wouldn't say a similar experience because once again, I had nothing to compare it to as far as PAX itself goes. I, I'm I'm very much so a uh, I'm an Atlanta baby. So Momocon is the convention I've been to a couple times. And compared to Momocon, I'd say that exhibition hall seemed massive to us. But in retrospect, I think back to it is less that it was massive and more that it was very densely packed. <laughs> it's it's both we've been going for like what nine plus years now and i i tell you man i, I still get lost in that place mm-hmm. yeah you can run away from the convention center and still be in the convention center it's that big. <laughs> oh boy yeah it is massive and uh the atlanta convention hall is pretty big as well but the thing about boston where it felt like everything was structured around the exhibition hall at the bottom where the Atlanta one it's it's all the way at the bottom is the ex- is that is the exhibition hall but then there's just this massive complex above it where it's like everyone's just walking around doing whatever there's a million rooms and that's another thing about PAX there's like what five rooms for panels where at Atlanta there's literally maybe 12 <laughs> for the entire convention and they're always full with some panel going on so it's uh, I hesitate to say it's a lot bigger, but it feels a lot busier. That that's um, that's also probably due to how like how and why it was built. It's not just for like conventions like this. Like they do like airplane like technology shows and stuff in there, and they'll literally yeah. just put a plane in the middle of the convention center floor. Yep. <laughs> like yep. so, it, I think it's because it's designed to accommodate just massive structures that it ends up being designed like that, and it's definitely for the better. I think. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I know they they do the Atlanta car car show every year, and I imagine it's just a car lot for the next three days that weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as that, that was good. I'll say one thing that I definitely learned, and Graydon, I kind of picked this up from you because you gave me a tip on this. The last day, and even the second last day we were there, because we only went for uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because we flew in on Thursday, Um I made sure to not hit up too many panels on those last two days because that first day, it was panel, 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 panel. We felt like we didn't get to see the exhibition hall at all. Uh, And yeah, the panels were cool, but it just felt like appointment, appointment. It felt very busy. Those last two days. Exactly. Well, less lines and more just like, oh, we got to make it here. Oh, we got to make it here. We're always going somewhere. At a convention is very nerve wracking. It is. It is exactly. So uh, on those last two days, we did not have a schedule. Got to just walk around to our leisure, see whatever we wanted to see, play whatever we wanted to play, buy whatever we wanted to buy. And it was a lot more calming that way. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the convention. Two things I'll say. This is not necessarily just a critique on the convention, but also Boston itself. First time in Boston also was this trip. Uh, me and Gabby, me and my girlfriend were there. And first things first, convention food. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too much money. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like eight bucks for a bottle of soda. It's brutal. <laughs> it was awful. Every time we wanted to eat, it was $40 for, for both yep. of us total. And it was like, God, we just go to the Olive Garden for that much money. Yeah. Never forget uh, your infamous pizzas that you had. Oh, yeah. You were there for that. Yeah. we there's So one good thing I will say about it is they have a bunch of food trucks, both in the convention and right outside. One of my favorite parts every year. 
Exactly. They had a lot of good food there, except for fucking what was it, Sal's Pizza? <laughs> that was a weird one. I I don't think I've ever seen a Sal's Pizza food truck there before. No, I, don't I think, think so. that was their first their first year. So we lucked the fuck out then, because we we were like, because literally that day, because here's the thing about me, I'm I I like rice and if the dish has rice and other shit in it, I'm probably gonna like it. Um, I literally had a rice bowl an hour before I jumped on here. So, like, that's my favorite genre. We almost went to Rice Guys because I was, like, looking at that the whole weekend. Chicken and Rice Guys? Yep, Chicken and Rice yeah, they're, Guys. They're always, like, the biggest one every mm-hmm. year. They're huge. Yeah, so I, I was looking at it, but then I thought about it, and I was like, well, I always get rice and whenever we go out to eat. So I was like, what else they got? Let's go to pizza. So I bring her over to Sal's Pizza. First off, as soon as we ordered it, the pizza was just done. So I should have known something was up when they just turned around and got the boxes. <laughs> and then we sat down to eat, and Graydon was with us. We sat down to eat. We both took a bite, and it was ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, we, she took them back and was like, yo, heat our shit up. And I thought they were going to give us a new pizza. No, they gave me the same box with the same bite I had taken out of it. It was just warm now. Hmm, I wonder why Sal's Pizza Chain isn't doing so well. Oh, yeah, tell <laughs> me about I, it. I, that's, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why this is their first time, maybe their last. Um, but no, I don't know if that was common or not. And it's not like they're doing bad, because it's not just the pizza truck. It's there. I saw a physical location later on when we just explored the city after the con. But so zones. Huge and very good, actually. Oh, well, maybe I'll try just that at an actual brick-and-mortar location, because the food truck seemed like they stopped giving a shit at a certain point. 100%. I believe it. Yeah, so yeah, try maybe don't go to the sales pizza truck if they're there next year, but maybe go to their physical location if you want to. Um, but yeah, otherwise, food trucks were good. They were just very expensive. The bows they were serving inside the con, those were really fucking good. So shout out to that. Um, the other thing, Boston. Very walkable city, very bike friendly. I appreciate that. And what the convention was like a mile and a half away. So we could have walked a good 30 minutes and have been there every day. It was so fucking cold. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's actually beautiful. It's normally a lot colder. Yeah, on this was a good... especially especially at the seaport when you got the wind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. this year was actually beautiful. I thought of not even coming in with a jacket. I was so excited. Because I think oh. like 2019 or maybe 2018 i swear to god it, it was like it was like five Frigid. degrees or something with wind chill like it was yeah off especially and that's why i don't like showing up right at the beginning because you get in that oh, queue yeah. underneath I, the I, giant I metal awning. in a queue yeah mm. is that um, line but, and uh, like last year's was funny. pretty nice too it was like a 50 55 degree day or so last year it was really nice yeah that- that's very nice. I grew up in the South. <laughs> so fair, 55 fair degrees is fucking Antarctica. <laughs> Bro, that, that's like, that's, that's shorts weather, dude. I may as well be heading to the beach. Ooh. You know what? I Side note, I'm not going to talk about this part of the trip because we'll be here too long. We went to LA for WrestleMania right after PAX. Oh. And we, we went to the fucking, what is it? Uh, not, yeah, Santa Monica Pier. And we all put on our little shorts and beach attire. It was cold over there, too. It was like 56. <laughs> We were we were so screwed this whole trip. Um, but yeah, in any case, uh, yeah, it was very cold there. Too cold to walk. And then we said, oh, we're going to do bikes every single morning. The wind in your face. We didn't bring scarves. We didn't bring gloves. We brought big jackets. But that was about it. And hats. But we didn't. Nothing else. But we were we were fucking dying over there. Um, Say so in the future, we'll, we'll bring a lot more shit if it's going to be that cold. Because we definitely could have walked if we just bundled up appropriately. Um, yeah, and, and, so, and getting yeah. to the convention center, like, if you don't know 
how the buses work, which like can be even I, I've I've been in Boston for a while. Yeah, like I know how the how the T works, but I I never I never really take a bus ride, so I barely know how they work. Like checking their maps, and it's nerve wracking. So I never take it. I just go to South Station, and then I walk maybe 10, 15 minutes. But if you don't want to walk, you got to figure out how those buses work and like where the stops are and how to get there. Which sounds simple, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me, and I can't explain why because it shouldn't be. Yeah, perhaps we should have. Perhaps I should have figured out how the buses work because Ubers in the middle of pack season. Oh, where, no. Ooh, it, it's what a mile drive, a mile and a half drive. $22 every fucking time. Yep. And I was like, this should have been eight. It, it's kind of like that anywhere in Boston. Mm. Like, well, on, like on the last day minimum. when it was, well, that's, I guess that should be expected. But on that last day after the convention where we had to get home, it was a mile Uber and it was literally like, I think, 837. So like, huh. I think it was just all the hubbub of packs popping off is what really drove up the price. But it's whatever. We got through it. I got home. Um, I got another paycheck later, so I'm okay now. But I was dying over there, let me tell you. But um, that's not the only thing that happened in PAX. It wasn't all suffering because we got to play a lot of cool games, a lot of great games. Uh, and I guess we'll we'll bounce around and we'll just talk about two each that we really, really liked from PAX. Because I got a couple here. I could go on a little bit. I think y'all played more than me, if I'm honest. Um, but I think we'll have enough to talk about between all of us. So uh let's go ahead actually who who wants to start Graydon, do you want to start or dj would you like to start i'll go, I'll go off all right please go <laughs> off so uh uh my, my favorite two games i'm sure Graydon already knows the hell i'm about to say where uh a medieval vr and uh bolt gun warhammer 40k game Ooh, i'm glad someone played that that looks um really cool. so a medieval first of all new blood uh new blood has never failed me if you play a new blood game you're gonna love it i mean a medieval dusk uh ultra kill i mean come on and mm -hmm. a medieval was i remember i first saw it on like gdq 2018 or 2019 be 2019 it was my senior year of college and i remember watching it on like uh i think it was sgdq and uh mm -hmm. some, someone was speed running i was like damn this looks really cool because i saw him pulled out a staff that shoots planets i'm like oh i gotta play this what the fuck? i play it and it was really cool I'm like oh that's awesome um, I, I got to play more games like this. I found out they had another game. Um, I found out about a year later they had another game called Dusk had just come out of early access. It was this horror retro FPS. I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And I played it and I'm like, I need more. Yeah. And I have been hooked on retro FPS games ever since. And mm -hmm. they announced they're making a medieval VR. And I actually picked up a uh, Valve Index a um, couple years back now. And um, I, you know, I'll bust it out every now and then literally only like two three times a year for like a week right um but uh it, it's still fun and i found out about that and I, I got in line to play it and i was amazed at the demo they had just a, a lot of vr games have problems with just being responsive with whenever you have any sort of movement based inter interaction like for example you activate your powered up mode called soul mode by raising your your hand in the air right which hmm. I expected to have problems because anything specific like that, games always have problems. And it was incredibly responsive. And now th this is like a, a three-dude team that like works on this, right? It was wow. so responsive. It was so much fun. And, uh, and, and w again, with indie games, you have the devs right there who you can talk to. And they're, they're so passionate. They, they love talking about it. And um, it, it was just a lot of fun to play. And um, I didn't get motion sick at all, which I usually do, but it, it felt great very responsive very natural um and my favorite game as i mentioned bolt gun hands down um 
first of all, mm-hmm. again, retro FPS, so I was a sucker for it. And I didn't even know Bolcom was going to be there. I happened to walk by the Focus Entertainment booth and was like, <laughs> and I was like, I gotta play this! I, when they announced this, I screamed. Uh, now, I, only, I got into Warhammer 40k back in like late May or early June of literally just last year. Um, and I've probably dropped about 10 grand on it since. I have shelves upon shelves of stuff that I still need to finish painting or have already been been painted. Um, it, like literally behind me right now is probably about 200 painted and unpainted minis. And I have even more to build sitting right here on my desk right now. That's and so, uh, so when they announced this, I'm like, I just got into Warhammer 40k a couple years ago. I got into retro shooters. This is a sign from God. This is going to be the game to play. And, and, and I played it. I played it and, I, and like everything was perfect from the sound design to just the, the, to even the pixel art. One of my favorite things is the stomping of your space Marine as you just run through these levels felt so good. One of my favorite tidbits is that if you hit a normal human being with a single round from a bolt gun, they're going to explode. And that's what happens. The first level is all just like regular people, and they're done in a single hit no matter the difficulty you're on. They just explode. It's phenomenal. The jibs are just top-notch. And again, going back, the sound design, I think, was really the star of, of, of the game. I was blown away by how well everything sounded. My only complaint is that racking the shotgun back after each shot was a little grating to my ears. I didn't like that sound, but everything else from the sounds that the guns made, the feet, the enemies, uh, to and then we got the pixel art, everything was just perfect. And they say it's coming out this year. Don't have a date yet, but what I played, it, it, it felt it felt refined, it felt finished, it felt perfectly polished, and I cannot wait for the full release. Boy, howdy. I did not expect that much praise. for. First off, in Medieval, I'm surprised you say it didn't get you most sick, because I looked up a trailer where you were talking. I would just, all over the floor, I'd be swimming in it. Like, I, I, <laughs> See, now, if you use VR enough, like you'll, you'll get used to it. But I literally haven't touched this in probably about a year, so I expected to get motion sickness and didn't. Pro tip, by the way, you get motion sickness? telling you right now you won't believe me chicken tenders bro it's an it's an instant cure i swear to god i can't explain it but it works you're lucky there's a magoo's or not is it magoo's i have a magoo's chicken place and a zaxby's very close to my house so now i know I what to no do. no idea what that means i'm from massachusetts <laughs> <laughs> i think magoo's is like some like southeastern chain i have no idea but i've, I've heard of zaxby's i know i know of zaxby's <laughs> yeah zaxby's i think everyone knows the magoo's is i didn't know what that shit was until they built it here so it's like an old cartoon character yeah, honestly uh, it sounds like magoo, man. because mm-hmm. i heard uh the words warhammer uh, DJ, uh, I'm dropping this in here because I think you'll you'll enjoy this. Oh, oh, it's this. Yes, a uh, 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 TTS Emperor. I know them. They're great. Ooh, if the Emperor had to speech to fight. Yeah, the, the, these are these are classics. I uh, yeah. yeah, but I <laughs> it's been a real downward spiral for my bank account since getting into this. Oh boy, tenth edition was, soon, baby. It was such a weird like coincidence that like he got into that and then like was always known for liking retro shooters and then it was just like oh what if, Bro, what if i'm regressing i went i went to the 90s I'm now regressing. i'm at the 80s with warhammer <laughs> i don't know what happened in the 70s but maybe i'll be making synth music next you're everything <laughs> my synths. dad hates about indie games because he I'm thinks not... that they're all just pixel art 
There's so much more than that. Actually, one of the indies I'm I I'm to stay calm right now. Great, I'm doing like breathing <laughs> exercises. I know, like... you, can, you can come over here right the hell now. <laughs> I was about to say, you hear a knock behind the mic. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I, I'll say for Bolt Gun, I've been I've been kind of interested in it because it just seems like a game I would love. Because similar to you, I'm not I haven't fallen in love with every single New Blood game. Not because of lack of trying. Well, actually, it is literally just lack of trying. Like I haven't. Tr- played all their games but dusk i fucking love that's one of my favorite games dusk now um, top notch and, and that, mm-hmm. that dave zamansky i mean he made he made iron lung which is now like a you know an indie horror classic i mean you know, i think markiplier played it so boom oh yeah golden like also, and iron lung is great and squirrel stapler a part of dread x2 which is same concept it's creepy and then a big jump scare right at the end um but it's a little bit sillier in tone. Also, need I remind you, speaking of retro shooters, that Emmett fought hard for Nightmare Reaper for Game of Oh, the I year. love Nightmare, Nightmare Reaper. Nightmare Reaper is a blessing upon this household. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Andrew Hulschult did the soundtrack, might I add. He also did the soundtrack for Dusk. He did the soundtrack along with uh, uh, David Levy, Levi, not sure how to pronounce his last name, for Doom Eternal DLCs. Um, it, uh, he, he did Proteus soundtrack as well. He's done a ton of other stuff incredibly talented musician um and again he did the soundtrack for nightmare reaper which i actually still need to finish i only finished episode one and two i haven't done three yet oh um, i'm wait but i know uh, there's multiple episodes or multiple video on it there's oh, yeah fuck. no there's there's three episodes oh my uh, fucking it god had its full release last year oh i am so i thought i was <laughs> like halfway through the game i'm halfway through episode fucking one. <laughs> oh, oh, so you haven't even gotten the grappling hook dude <laughs> Dude, there's a oh, grappling God. in episode two, and then it upgrades in episode three. You can't tell me that. Gra- I'm Titanfall 2's biggest fan. You can't tell yeah, me there's a grappling hook yeah, in yeah, the fucking man. game. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. I got like 500 hours of Titanfall 2. It's I'm terrified. Fun. You have, like, like, you've got like these big city levels and stuff. It's it's a good time. I'm going to shit myself. But before I shit myself, <laughs> let me talk about... Also, I did want to point out. Also, uh, not the oh, biggest... No. I'm not into F- Warhammer that heavily, but I really love Space Marine. I'm very excited about 2 so bolt gun looks right oh, up my alley uh, as well. Amen. I, I pre-ordered the collector's edition with that beautiful statue. <laughs> I might have to. I don't know. I don't have any more. Dollars is statues. a small price to pay for a cool, really cool statue of Titus. <laughs> now you got me looking it up and seeing if I want to take out a mortgage they, for they it. They had it there at the um, uh, folks entertainment booth, and like they had like because they had two sides to their booth, you could walk down the middle to some display cases, and they had the statue there. Um, oh, you can do damn. it with or without the helmet, but if you do it without the helmet, you're doing it wrong. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, then I can be in the helmet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well, from there, we'll slide on to some other games because I approve of every single game you listed. But now I want to see what you got to say, Graydon. Uh, what are the games you had in store? And uh, do you have anything that isn't just a, a gun shooty fun time? <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I have s- s- oddly more on brand with my <laughs> with my type of thing. Um, yeah. Actually, I do have one that I that was a bit off brand. Um, so mm-hmm. I will start with, I guess, the bigger name of the show which I was surprised was getting as much traction as it did. Um, huh, traction, pun intended. Uh, it was a game called Pacific Drive. Oh, yeah. You told me this finally sold you on it because I wasn't sure. Yeah, so it's um, not... I say it's on brand with me just because it's like typical, like it's, a, it's an indie game in the... Uh, like an Oregon 
style twin peaks vibe world you know just lots of tall trees lots of fog lots of, like just that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh first person game the way that i described it when i briefly wrote about it on the snapchat was um you know that game kona that survival uh, game the snow game that's like on playstation plus and also on vr yes i um, own it for some reason i don't know why I highly recommend it, especially if you like puzzlers and survival games. I am not a survival game kind of guy. I really don't care much for resource management, that kind of thing. But if it's done subtly enough, I can deal with it. And I will push through that to try to enjoy the game. Um, so Kona did that for me. And this feels like Kona in a car. Mm. <laughs> so- so Karna? <laughs> Karna. kind of also like how void train is on a train it's actually uh-huh. very reminiscent of void train if you think about it so basically what um what pacific drive is is the the, the demo at least you started off at a gas station you had this um busted up car and your goal is to get the car on the road. So I was watching other people play the demo for a bit. And people were like, oh, I, I have a buzzsaw. I can break things down and get parts out of it. Oh, I can use my blowtorch and I can repair things. And so hmm. I actually, like, I watched one guy use his whole, like, 15 minutes the demo was to just fuck around in the gas station. And I was like, no, I'm going to try to get objectives done. So hmm. I uh, got the car kind of going repaired some things and then i was looking around and like i found a nitrous uh thing and i just grabbed it and i'm like walking around with it and one of the devs comes over to me and he's like yeah that's like one of our favorite things you can just mount that on the back of the car and then you have nitrous (laughs) and it was just like oh i found a thing that not really other people were finding cool that's interesting the 1982 honda civic with nitrous with outstanding right (laughs) (laughs) so like you could put a big spotlight on the top like you could kind of trick out your car however you wanted so not to mention your inventory is akin to the attache case of resident evil 4 so if you you like that kind of thing that's that's happening Um, (laughs) so then you get in your car and like you really have to like do the um click the stick shift click the ignition like you have to like do this bit of a car simulation thing And your goal is to find these three spots on the map, which you can't, there's no like waypoint type of thing. You just have to follow the roads, which was a little irritating, but also it's a survival game. So it's like, it's open world, but yeah. And you're trying to find these three areas that have a radioactive ball that you have to put in your car. I don't know why, but you have to collect these balls. (laughs) And amen. There's a joke in there somewhere. I'm not going to look for it though. (laughs) (laughs) so the world is falling apart around you and you have 10 minutes until like the rift opens or something i forget what they had said it was the shutdown Hmm. or something so you have 10 minutes to explore and once i got to um one of these areas there which you have to like you're driving down the street you're dodging like buzz saws like just rolling through the street like there's just the world is falling apart and Yeah, and there's like little lightning storms and rocks fall out of the sky. So you get to one of these areas and it's a radioactive zone. So I assume you can eventually upgrade your like outfit and be able to deal with that. 
but I'm just running in there, watching my health go down, grabbing the ball and running back to my car with it. So <laughs> I get one of them and I'm like, cool, two more. I go to find the second one. I park my car and then I go up onto a ledge. I grab the ball and I've lost my car. Oh. <laughs> And there was a button to like bring the car back. It was like, you can respawn your car, but you might lose some stuff. So I keep pressing it and nothing was happening. So either it was glitching or they didn't put that part in the demo, but I was just like, well, I'm fucked for another five minutes. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Me and my I ball do, just going to walk around. <laughs> so I just, I took the ball and I was like kicking it around a bit and then I'm just kind of just walking and I just ended up walking out onto this like suspended bridge over like a a river or something and i just go walking into oblivion as i see the timer tick down and i just look up at the sky and you just see this like event horizon like the the hmm. sun just explodes and just a redness just comes over the like whole the, world uh, uh, like like the like the uh, state of play trailer from last year uh, I assume, see, that was the thing. People were saying it was in there and I don't remember it. So honestly, I went in really blind, but if that's in the trailer, then yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Now, the, the ending has like this giant bright light, like coming through the forest at the end. And okay. I only know because I literally just watched it. Then, yeah, <laughs> then yes, that is it. But um, th this sounds very like, um, stalker vibes sort of, or at least a source of inspiration. It kind of sounds like, like yeah. you're in the I, middle of the zone. Yeah, I'd say that that's definitely like that. And like your the goal was to get the car on the road and then get these balls. And I don't know if you can leave, but from what it seems like is you're doing because there were some words that made it sound like you're doing runs. So kind of like a roguelite type of thing. You Stalker. are. T yeah, is that OK? Maybe, yeah, maybe. yeah. They that go, in, they, go in, they go into the zone. And then they grab whatever artifacts they can. They come out and try to sell them and whatnot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's very stalker vibes. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. yeah. So you're like taking your car in and then you're trying to get out in time. So what I would have done was been like, Hey, I can't get these balls, but I guess the sun is exploding. So I'm going to leave. <laughs> and so I assume <laughs> that's what you would do. But, um, as I watched the whole thing come over me and I just slowly died because I ran to a radiated shack and I was just a radio shack, if you will. And I, <laughs> I just died in it while searching for things. And, um, the, the dev came over to me. He's like, did you like it? And I was like, I lost my car. So I was just going to take in the beauty of it all. <laughs> and, and that's basically what I did, but I was just kind of left like, this is really like worth the attention because as, as you hear a lot of indie developers with that type of idea for a game, they're always saying like, Oh, there's no game is the same. Everyone's going to have a different play. But like, I stood there for like 20 minutes watching f at least four different demos go on. And mm. they were all at different places. Like you really, each run is different and everyone's yeah, doing their own they, thing. they call it a, a road light funny road enough light. great name that is a brilliant love name. that it really is i like that a lot <laughs> it so, should have been yeah. a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh it's definitely i saw people talking about it on twitter that like you should play that and i mm. think that that's definitely going to be something cool and it's coming to playstation apparently so yeah look out for that one
I, I was looking out for it, actually, but it, it's one of those games where I knew what it was, so as soon as I saw it, I popped up. I was like, oh, a game I know, but then I thought about it, and I was like, I didn't think that trailer looked fun, so I didn't play it, but now mm-hmm. everything you've told me here and earlier at the show when we talked, yeah, maybe I should have given that a shot. I probably yeah, should have. 100%. Yeah. It looks, like, I hadn't even heard of it. Uh, I, re- I remember seeing like seeing it um, at PAX, but I didn't play it, hadn't heard of it before. While you're talking, I mentioned I watched the trailer. Everything you're saying, me going to the website, I'm like, man, this looks awesome, and uh, I'm 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 pretty excited for this game now. I I literally just wish listed it on Steam, so <laughs> looking forward to that one. I feel like we've gotten a lot of good sort of creepy games lately. With like, I and mean, we got the new Stalker coming out. There was a Chernobylite. This um, a game called Dredge just came out. A lot of more, not necessarily cosmic horror, although that is included there. But I don't know, just these creepier games like. You know, like a control, for example, these, I don't know, yeah. things, things I can relate to an SCP. And I feel like Unsettling. it's very much like an untapped or rarely tapped territory of gaming that I feel like we're starting to get a little bit more of. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I really, I'm a big fan of these creepy, but not fully horror games because I, I like having that thrill without it going all the way into like, oh God, it's Silent Hill 2. I'm going to be traumatized. Like, I, I, I like being unsettled. Unsettled I, is something I love horror, but if there's a jump scare, I will piss my pants. <laughs> yeah, really I, I like not watching in pants. That. <laughs> um, which, like, I almost always just end up reading about these things like for example like for example a skinamarink although skinamarink doesn't have any jump scares uh like i, I don't want to watch that because it was still too much yeah. horror for me so i just read about it and these sort of horror inspire but not necessarily horror games have have been pretty cool i think mm-hmm. yeah we need I we would, need a lot more of those i would recommend skinamarink yeah no, i i know everything that happens time. in it yeah i watched <laughs> wendigoon's video on it uh it is All right. yeah uh, let, let me ask this skin real quick skin of a rink is it graphic is it violent uh, there is a very graphic part um okay. but it is yeah. it is graphic and violent it's the one part it's very jarring and surprising but the the movie puts you into the into the shoes of a four-year-old boy whose parents aren't home and he's alone in the dark and yeah. there's a very disturbing twist and realization at the end and um and it is it is terrifying on a more deep and visceral level on a far more innate thing you're a little kid you're alone and you're afraid of the dark and that is where it puts you it's the it's the focus on a realistic fear that pretty much everyone has had of just well and and like the fact you you were the skin of a rink (laughs) yeah they they say that because it was you you're the skin of a rink they say that, yeah. And then Peter um, Griffin's like, "Oh, that's why." Is it's like, wow, this is just like that time I was I met the Skinnerink. <laughs> it's Skinnerink in time, and then he Skinnerinked all those dudes. I've um, heard people think that it's like just not worth your time, but and for really some people, just... it isn't. I think this this sounds high and mighty of me, but I sincerely think that's an empathy thing. I think that if you are unable to put yourself into the shoes of these children, you will not find the movie scary. If you are yeah. able, if you get attached to them and you put yourself in their shoes, you will come away having trouble sleeping for the next couple months. Yeah, hmm. it definitely stuck with me. Like we've we've been talking about it for a long time. I, I still <laughs> think about it, dude. Hmm. Well, long story short on that one, I know I know Gabby likes horror movies more than me. I'll see if she's interested in Skinamarink. Maybe we'll watch that Asians later too. It's like one of those things. Like if you're expecting, like uh, it just doesn't have the same vibe of 
any horror film I've ever really seen before. It's also mm. very low budget. It's an indie. You got to remember, it's not like you're getting these oh like, yeah crazy effects, but it, it is very creative in what it does. I like a good indie horror film. I watched uh, what's the one everybody talked about with Justin Long in it last year? Husk. Um, not not Tusk. That's years ago. That's a um, masterpiece. Oh my god. I don't have opinions on. T- I haven't watched it, but I heard it's wild. Um, you said it was last year. I know Creep is a one. Oh, Barbarian, Barbarian, Barbarian. I, I haven't heard of that. Oh my God, Barbarian's great. It's on HBO great. Max. Watch Justin that. Justin Long's in that. Justin Long is in that. He, he, that? he it takes a while for him to show up, but that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah. That's the one that was made by Zach from uh, Rise Kids. You know, right? I think so. Barbarian. Okay. I'm looking it up right now, and this will be the last. Oh yeah, Zach. Yeah, Zach Krieger. Yep. He made that movie, and God, it's a good ass movie. And yes, a horror film. I don't like. I don't usually do horror, but it frames it in a really cool fucking way. So shout out to that movie. But that's enough shout outs about that. Um, what other game did you have after Pacific Drive that you also thought was pretty neat? Um, uh, what the heck was my other game I want to talk about? Oh yeah, yeah. So this is one that um has been in development for a long time. It's been on showcases, and honestly, I thought it was already out. <laughs> But it's uh, Autopsy Simulator. Ooh. Have you heard of this? No. I'm looking oh. it up right now. Okay. It's, um, I think it's by Team 17, I want to say. Like, they're publishing it. Yep, they are publishing it, yeah. That's um, the Worms studio, right? The Worms uh, publishing. Or, or is that Team 7 or something? Okay, it is, it is Team 17. Yeah, they, they publish the Worms games. <laughs> yeah. I think they develop them in-house, so it might be developer too. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think they are, but continue. Excellent. Yeah, so th- it was a. I-, I thought it was just going to be an autopsy simulator, so I was just just sat down to play it, whatever, and I ended up getting the uh, the the screen that everybody sees <laughs> as they walk by the booth. So I was just like that guy that was like, if I fuck up, I'm fucking up on a big scale. So I just kind of <laughs> felt like, well, I guess I got to play this whole thing, but I, I wanted to. So I, um, you start off and like, there's a story going on, like that you're, you're playing a character and the voiceover was the, the, the biggest takeaways I got was the voiceovers were quite good. And mm. there's a lot of dialogue, like just, they put a lot of work into the things that you read, the things that you grab, like you can really learn a lot about autopsies at the same time as whatever the story is and mm-hmm. so like you're going in here you set up your camera you got to get your angles going and then it's just like all right let's cut this guy open let's get his check his brain out let's check his lungs let's maneuver things around let's uh take blood samples and put them in that little spinny thing and <laughs> figure out like what the heck is platelets are or whatever the hell we're doing here like <laughs> I watched um, NCIS once. Yeah, yeah. I, just... wa- I, wa- I watched cells at work. I know what a platelet is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was really cool. And then you get to the part. Oh, man. What was it? He's like, got to go into. Oh, 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 the radio turns on. And he's like, why is that damn radio on? I go turn that off. So he goes into the red into his office and the windows open. And he's like, I swear I left the window closed. And you go and you you answer the actually no it was the it was the uh the 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 sorry the phone the phone started ringing so mm. I went to the office to grab the phone 
and it like you answer the phone and it like there was like a scream on the end or something like a whispering or something and i was just like what the fuck like literally there was no spooky vibes other than the fact that i'm here with like a a corpse like it was Mm. (laughs) it was just an autopsy simulator so then i go when i'm walking and i get to the um then the radio goes on and i go into the um the room and my corpse is gone (laughs) (laughs) and and then i think there's like one more thing where like the lights go out or there was like a a, another like scream or something and it was just like oh there's more to this oh it's over (laughs) (laughs) but but just like what we were saying about like it's not full-on horror game because like the the crux of the game is really to do autopsies but there's something weird going on here mm. and um in describing there's a necrophiliac it, defense mini game <laughs> oh my god it's like a, a, the the mortuary's assistant yes so yeah. i was gonna say it, it i was thinking about mortuary assistant while i played it however that game you kind of go in knowing that it's this weird mess of a like there are there are autopsy type things but from at least the bit of like a Markiplier gameplay I saw, it looks like there's more kind of just going on there often. And this demo really didn't give me that vibe until the very end. And then it was just like, okay, there's a story here that has some horror elements, but I'm interested in seeing like where the simulation aspect is. It like what if power wash had like a story Well, you're washing someone's brain (laughs) it had a story and like oh you're the house is now haunted and like there's little like bits and pieces but at the end of the day you're still just power washing and that's just like a really interesting thing to Hmm. me so there there are stories that there are story elements in power wash yeah i mean isn't it just like text messages though yeah it's it's very low key pretty much (laughs) <laughs> I mean, hey, they, they might have added more at the Final Fantasy VII crossover. I still got to play that. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to. You know what? I actually bought Power Watch Simulator in a Steam sale right before I went on the trip. Played it for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, man, dude. It's such a relaxing game. Peak like a Steam Deck game yep. right there. Exactly. I bought it for Steam Deck and then played Yakuza on the plane instead. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, but yeah, I will say as a side note, um, related to Power Wash a little bit, if you want a compelling story with the Power Washy type of gameplay loop, try out the gunk. I might talk about that later in the show, but try out the gunk. Um, that's all I'll say for now. Um, but yeah, Autopsy Simulator sounds interesting. It sounds like, uh, I don't know if it's the type of thing I would play, but it's the type of game that I'm glad exists because that's mm-hmm. just off kilter enough and original enough to where I'm like, hell yeah, that should exist. So yeah. You you got the two unique ones, so good on you for picking fascinating things. I'm now going to talk about the most derivative game that was there, Dead Island 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I'm the only one. Oh, Warhammer was published by a pretty big publisher, and New Blood's still technically indie, but that's a little bit bigger. But I think Dead Island 2 is the closest thing to a quote-unquote AAA game that they had there. Yeah. Um, that and, uh, fuck, what was the other one? Atlas Fallen was a triple a ass looking triple a game yeah focus Um, had some big like mm -hmm. focus been they've been doing big well because they um first of all they do like all the warhammer stuff now they're doing space marine too like we mentioned they've 
They've uh, they've been doing well for themselves. I mean, they acquired Saber Interactive a while back, and they did the World War Z game, uh, which is very good, by the way. Hidden gem. Indeed, I agree. I played some of that back in the day. Um, yeah, Focus really brought it. They they brought all the biggest like the biggest scale games to the show, and I did play some Atlas Fallen. Didn't have it on my list, but I enjoy it. It just plays like Dark Siders, but different. Um, but Dead Island Two is the one that actually really got me here because. Um, I'll say I'm surprised because, Graydon, I know you're Mr. Dead Island 2 lives. Um, so mm-hmm. on Easter Sunday, it is revived here. Um, <laughs> did you did you end up touching it at all? Um, I got in that line two or three times. And every time it just I know you said there, there were a lot of <laughs> there were a lot of stations. The problem was it's a big demo. So mm. like people it's a long wait no matter what. Yeah, people were playing it to the end, and I just kept looking and being like, I think I started there both days, mm. and it was just like, there's too much going on, and this game, I like you know what it I is will, already. I don't buy games at launch. I assume I will buy this very close to launch, and it will be out within a week or two. Like at the time, like mm. a month, but now it's getting even closer, and it's just like. I don't need to be here to play. Like, I want to play a game that has no release date. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to play anything. Honestly, all the things that I played didn't have them. That's why I was hesitant to play Autopsy Simulator, because I was like, this game might even be out. And I think hmm. if you Google it, it does say that it came out last year. But then the Steam page is like, coming soon. It was probably like a early access on some systems or something. Yeah, it could be that, which like I'm still not upset about. Like, okay. But um, it's just, yeah, I, I didn't, th- I couldn't justify playing Dead Island, but I did go to the, uh, their little play, their little carnival thing. And oh I, yeah. We take the photos with the hell a sign. Yeah. I got a color change cup. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't go to the carnival. I should have gone to the carnival and got prizes. Yeah. God, that would have been cool. But we, me and Gabby took pictures at the hell a thing. Uh, and we both did play that demo because you write. It is a long line, but they had 20 stations. But yes, the demo was long, but it was like a, I think it was 15 or 20 minutes was the timer they were on. So at you wouldn't wait more than an hour, which is a lot for a game that's coming out in less than a month. But it, I think it was worth it because I enjoyed that game. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought. Um, because look, it's Dead Island 2. If you've looked at gameplay for Dead Island 2, or really if you looked at gameplay for Dead Island 1, you probably know what you're getting. Um it's first person, it's melee base, you're swinging, you're, you're chopping, you're hacking. But what I didn't expect is, I expected to feel a lot older. Or actually, that's not even the right phrase. It's less that I expected it to feel older, I expected it to feel outdated. Jankier. Yeah, jankier, I think that's it. I expected it to not feel modern in the way that, it, I expected it not to be fun anymore. I expected not to enjoy it anymore. But you then I got it in to there. Be the mm-hmm. PlayStation Home version of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I expected that, where all the assets take an extra three minutes to load, and then oh, now I can see your costume. Um, but no, it it ended up being a lot more. It was a little bit more polished, but like the game just knew what it was. Like it wasn't trying to reach for oh, we're trying to be this new cinematic, really crazy uh, prestige horror experience. No, it's like, hey, here's your objective. You're in this carnival. You're hacking up zombies. Instead of it saying, hey, kill 50 zombies, it's like kill the line cutters because you're in line for this Ferris wheel to try and get through it for the next thing. So it's like it's, it's being playful about it in a way that kind of got you into the vibe, got you into the mood. 
and then the actual swinging and chopping up of the zombies themselves felt elevated because it wasn't just oh you chopped off their arm and then they fall down like you could literally see the actual point where you hit them the bone breaking or like the skin being severed it felt very visceral in a way where it's like oh man it feels like i'm like i actually made that cut rather than hitting the predetermined place where the bone got levolution for zombies yeah i mean they actually I remember seeing this before I came to the con, but they actually have a system where like the skin will melt and decay and break away dynamically depending on where you hit them. Like if you I didn't use any fire weapons, but if you burned a zombie, like its flesh would burn in like real time, which is kind of freaky to think about. And God bless the people who had to program that because I know they're not getting any sleep. But <laughs> it was That's really good to hear from just mm-hmm. uh, I haven't played Dead Island 2. Um I played Riptide, I played the original now. I you give me a zombie game, I'll love it. People hate Dead Rising Three. I love it. I don't want to talk about four though. Um, like <laughs> I, I love, I love zombie games. I mean, uh, but it's good to hear that, just because I it had a big shoes to fill with di- with Dying Light One and Two. Though a lot of people still have problems with Two, but I still thought it was great. Like those are big shoes to fill. You know, coming from people who worked on Dead Island, so it, it, it's good to hear that it is still kind of keeping to its own thing and knowing what it is and not trying to overreach due to the other zombie games that have come out in recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it definitely is not trying to put more on its plate than it can chew. Yeah, I, I, I can I can just picture some exec in a boardroom being like, dying light of parkour, we need parkour. <laughs> like, you know, like, I feel like that's something that happens with a lot of games, so I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear that it doesn't sound like that's happened at least much in this. Dying yeah. light by the way, free on Epic Game Store right now. I own yeah, that first just one. Just about everywhere else anyway. I can, I'm finally going to play it. It's about yeah, time. Maybe. Wait, one or two? Uh, the first one. You haven't played it. We tried it. You and I no. tried oh, it Oh, that's once, right. So. You are afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this for Dead Island, or not Dead Island, for Dying Light 1. I would like that game more if it just had Dead Island's combat. The combat feels like nothing. The parkour is great. The combat feels so... It's like the Last of Us combat. If you took out like the hit, no, not even the Last of Us, like Uncharted. Uh, I always thought it was just like the first Dead Island combat. Like it was pretty much the same. Same with like strapping upgrades to your weapons and just kind of swing at them. Something about the zombies don't fall apart the same way. No numbers are popping up. It's like all the little small things it doesn't have. So it's just like just hit them to get them out of your way. You're not getting XP or anything. It's not about the visceralness of how it feels to chop them down. It's like get them out the way so you can run. And I'm like, fuck. I, 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 I suppose like I mean, you, you, you do get XP. Uh, I forget if there are numbers that pop up in the second game or not. In the and second I, game, yes. Uh, and are. I think you can turn on numbers in the first one. I could have sworn you could huh. turn on numbers. Uh, I, I might, might be imagining that. that. Don't quote me on that. I swear to God, I remember like seeing a zombie get hit by electricity and had a little blue number popping up. But I, I could be completely misremembering. So don't don't quote me on that. I will be investigating um, that. I got like several hours in on it. I, 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 I think a big part of the first game is really just exploring because there's so many fun, goofy Easter eggs to find and mm. just like insane stuff. And they have like just these like batshit like side quests that you'd never think of. Like in the old town on like a beach, you can find this little tiny pebble. And then on the other side of the map, you can find another one in a field. But it's like you have to be pinpoint accurate to actually find them, and then you put them in the skull, and you get two of the best grenades in the game. But oh, it's hell like, yeah. You'd never, like, unless you found them by accident, you'd never find them. Mm. This is Dead it's, Island? It's, it's insane. No, Dying Light. Dying Light. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, like, like it's the grenade you get is, is literally, like, 
once in left hand, once in right hand. I forget what the left hand one does, but the 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 right hand one is like a ball of lightning you throw in it. It's like it's like a Tesla ball kind of thing. It just zaps any zombies around it. Like um, there's all sorts of little fun Easter eggs in that. I think that's kind of. I think the Easter eggs gave the game a lot of personality. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I might have to come around to it, but right now I'm on the Dying Light or the Dead Island train right now. I, I actually picked up Riptide, the remaster on Xbox because it has that frame rate boost. So I might get through that in preparation for two because I'm excited for two now because that demo was was really, really good, really, really solid. I wanted to play longer than the time they gave us because it, it was it was that fun. Um, that first game was pretty much the perfect podcast game. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that first game because I just listen to podcasts for 20 hours until I beat it. I will do the same with Dead Island 2 and it will be one Best of my game of the years. Best video game opening <laughs> theme though. Oh, yeah, Sam B's voodoo, back. You voodoo, bitch. It's the yeah. Best. And Sam B's apparently in the sequel. They didn't have it in the oh demo, God, but I saw really? it in the trailers. Yeah, I saw it in like the gameplay previews that went out recently. Sam B's in the game. I did not know that. Hell yeah. So get ready for that. Who do you voodoo to? Bring Chameleonaire back for another guest verse. <laughs> Uh, shout out Chameleonaire. Anyway, um, speaking of that, uh, well, actually, not speaking of any of that, I don't have a great transition. I'm just going to talk about the next game. Um, Strayed Lights is the other game that I wanted to shout out. Um, this was an actual indie, for Christ's sake. Um, this one it was a game. I actually been looking at this one. I saw an IGN preview for it, and I thought it looked interesting. Uh, and one. yeah, I was very surprised that it was at PAX uh, when I was talking to him because as I was playing the demo, or no, as I was waiting for the controller to open up, I was talking to one of the devs. Apparently, they be they finished this game like in January, and it comes out at the end of this month. <laughs> so like, it's been sitting there, polished, feature complete, everything's done on it. They've just been talking to publishers. It's coming out on literally everything: Switch, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, all that. Um, it's coming out on everything, and it looks really nice. It's basically they their their idea for it was hey people love dark souls games people love these souls likes but they're really obtuse often they're really hard to get into they're really hard to understand what if we just like synthesized and simplified everything down to like in the core essence of what it is to be one of those games so it's still kind of punishing but they have this color changing mechanic where you you can parry in the game and the game's kind of built around parrying but you can parry any attack, but if you match the color of the enemy that you're fighting, then that parry gives you health back. So it kind of incentivizes you to, yeah, you can get through the whole game without ever hitting the color change mechanic, but if you want to stay alive, then that's how you get your health back, by switching to the color. And these enemies, don't they're not just one color the whole time. They will switch colors as they fight you. Um, there's a blue color, there's an orange color, and then when, when they turn purple then you have to dodge because that attack can't be absorbed. <laughs> that won't benefit you to absorb it. So that's where your dodge comes in. Um, and it it's giving me the vibe of Surge 2. I've talked about it on the show a million times, but um, Surge 2, which is also made by the folks who did Atlas Rising, uh, shout out to them. Uh, what is it? Deck 13? Love those guys. Um, I, I don't know what it is about the Surge 2, but it really clicked with me. That's my favorite Souls-like to this day. Um, it just felt very visceral, felt very good. This one feels like a, a more simplified version of why I liked uh, the Surge 2. It just feels very, very simple in execution, and it feels like you have control of your character, where a lot of these Souls-like, feels like you hit it, and you have to sit and wait for the, for the animation to go through before you can do anything. In this game, I felt like I was in control the whole time, where all your attacks are nice and quick. You don't feel like you're locked into a move, and now, oh man, he's going to swing after I already hit strike, and now I'm going to get hit. Um, 
it feels like you're in control the whole time and it also has that very it has that vibe of something like a journey or an omno or something like that where there's no text no one talks in the whole game it's all just emotions through the animations and they actually got austin wintery to do the music so it's very good music it's very like you know yeah yeah he's good (laughs) has a grammy or two i think um but yeah they got him to do the music it's very orchestral very like like pixar first half of wally type of music (laughs) if that makes sense like it's trying to portray the emotion when there are no words to do it uh and it does a good job at it uh so i'm looking forward to it it's a very i I question how long the game's going to be i wonder if it's going to be like a if this game's like 20 hours i don't know if i could do this for 20 hours unless the upgrading skills and all that stuff are really massive and really change the game in substantial ways this feels like a good like 10 to 15 hours for me um that gameplay is good but i feel like I know all of the tricks of the gameplay immediately. So I just wonder how they're going to build on it, how they're going to switch it up. But the foundation is very solid. They have the whole game beat, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do. And um, as I was talking to them, not that I have an exclusive or anything, but they were like, hey, we're already making the next game. It's probably not going to be the same type of game. So they definitely seem like they're trying to super giant their shit out to where, okay, we're making something completely different now, and now completely different, and now completely different. So Hey, if they come back around to this and this game ends up, I don't know how this game's going to shake out. I think it's going to be pretty good, but if it shakes out and it's and one of the critiques is, oh, it's one idea and they kind of exhaust its welcome, I'd love to see how they build upon it more. Or if the game comes out and they've built upon it more, then I have no reason to say anything I just said. So I was just excited for it. We'll see what happens at the end of the month when it drops. So yeah, very, very good game. Um, and from there, that's pretty much everything I have to say pax wise um is there anything else any of y'all want to say about pax before we uh go ahead and chop on down to the what we're playing segment here um i will be writing my thing that i always do every year my top 10 i have 10 picked out they will be written about at some point oh yeah <laughs> like it's some, just i always yeah. wish that i could talk about more but it's like you know what no just go read the thing and there was some really cool stuff on there yeah I mean, it's packs. There's always going to be a million more cool games to talk about. I didn't talk about, what is it? Fuck. Hold up. There, there's a lot of games that, you know what? I'm going to do a quick lightning round. And I'm going to start the lightning round off with, all right, hold up. Let me type this fucking game out. There it is. One game that I thought was really cool. I didn't play it. I just let my girlfriend play it. But we were both into this game a lot. Ollie Frog Toad Skater fucking rules. It's just Tony Hawk with like very cute frogs and it looks like Skatebird, but with an actual personality. Um, Yeah. yeah. So shout out to that. Um, Also shout out to, of course, Atlas Fallen was cool. I'm going to play that, but I feel like that game is just, you look at it, you know what it is immediately. There's not too much else I could say about it. It's, it's a good version of one of those. Um, And also, Oh, recreation. I played recreation. Finally, Mr. Burnout. Like it's, it's good. It lacks polish, which was my big critique on all the other games that they've made, Dangerous Driving and everything, but if they have polish by the time it comes out, the foundation is good, it's fun, and I'm looking forward to it. It looks like just Burnout Paradise, but indie. So hopefully that ends up being as good as it seems. Um, any bonus round picks for y'all real quick? Uh, above things you Snakes say? for me personally. Um, above Snakes looked really cool. It's a indie game from uh, Crytivo. They're one of those like kind of double-A um, uh, publishers they, they've done like a ton of uh, uh popular stuff that's way too many to list but uh above snakes is like 
it's an isometric like survival game where you just sort of build your cabin out in the west and you can craft craft the world around you by like placing various tiles it's it would seem like a very simple but fun game and i'm really looking forward to it hmm. okay i respect that uh anything you want to shout out real quick as well Graydon? um can i give a good and a bad sure sure <laughs> r.i.p to the bad but yeah go ahead <laughs> Um, so my good was one of my favorite things that I actually like I'm really looking at my list again. I was like, why didn't I talk about this? But Begone Beast, it's called. It's uh, I will restart that. It is called Begone Beast. And it's a uh, four player isometric dungeon crawler type of thing Ooh. where you are just kind of everybody's like a different class with a different weapon i believe you're playing like animals that are kids going into like a nightmare and they you get to like choose attributes to level up your party eventually and the big thing about it is at the end you fight this enormous creepypasta looking nightmare monster like seriously if you're able to google begone beasts i don't know if anything will pop up but there is this Steam one page exists. Okay, there's one monster that we fought that was called like the Peekaboo Man or something. That's and, right off the bat. I don't. I do not like that. That sounds. Yeah. That sounds creepy as hell. He's made of hands, and he. <laughs> of course, of course, he is. Like he walks on hands like a spider, and then he like has these big hands, and he just you fight him, and he has this his pattern of attacks and stuff but then he there you initiate this enormous chase sequence where all you can do is run and dive across tables oh yeah uh he is he is in the trailer that's definitely a peekaboo man yeah he's terrifying Mm. and that's awful the art of it is so creepy and just i i want to commend it because it was so like nicely polished for a game that was in pre-alpha like we were playing something and they and it had it had a whole demo granted the the guy kind of had to like he was pressing buttons to show that these segments were not all together like he was just kind of going through different bits but we asked and she's like oh yeah this is coming out like maybe sometime next year and it's just like it just it worked so well for a game that was so early in development. I, I think very... just to to cut you off and be a jerk, um, <laughs> just watching the trailer here from what you said, this definitely. Um, I, I think uh, to relate this back to uh, the old uh, uh, game theory FNAF, I think that post FNAF there are so many games that try to do horror by just being like, oh, look, it's a kid's thing, but now it's scary. And so many of those are just cash grabs, dude. If you play Garden of Bon Bon, dude, we got a problem, okay? <laughs> and uh, But I think this is taking something with your characters being cutesy and throwing them into this horrifying world in a far more interesting, original, and just inspired way, and uh, I like seeing that a lot. Yeah. Because I, there, there, yeah. there is a lot of room for improvement there and you don't have to just do fnaf 2 or Mm -hmm. 5 at this point i guess it this honestly looks like a fever dream if you fell asleep while watching cartoon network and woke up while adult swim was on it would be this game (laughs) that is the memory (laughs) of that night 
Like it's 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 cute while also being creepy at the exact same time and in the exact same ways. It's 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 very interesting. So shout out this to that. It's like That's waking up and super prison is on. Like you don't <laughs> yeah. not know what's going on. <laughs> or like fucking you you went to sleep watching fucking uh Adventure Time. No, not even Adventure Time. Craig of the Creek. And then you sleep during <laughs> that and you wake up and fucking Mr. Pickles is on. <laughs> God. So shout out to that obscure one. Um, what's the bad game? <laughs> um the bad game is a game that comes out i think in a month <laughs> oh god and that is lord of the rings Gollum. oh that dude I, I haven't played it but i saw how Gollum looked and i was like no nah, i'm not touching it it's so much more than that though like even Gollum, like okay his design is different and he's a little odd but that game it it's just oh the mouths are off horribly the i okay i'll just i'll just give you this little bit because i don't know if i can put this into word into the written words <laughs> i went to the demo i stood in a line that was built to go for an hour and a half oh like, i no. wasn't waiting that long but it was like it had it had tape on the ground being like this is an hour and a half from here so I waited probably half hour. Like I did not want to spend too damn long. There were six setups and I watched two of those setups go down and someone had to like restart the PC underneath. Oh. So then I got to my thing and the person's like, yeah, you can start level one, um, learn the tutorial, and then you can jump into a later game in the chapter select. And I'm like, okay, I go to the tutorial. I fall through the map three times in a row oh <laughs> like there, there is no ground i just so fall through next month mm -hmm. uh-huh i think it's may 20 it got delayed to next month <laughs> yeah it got delayed for its third time to next month and so like i start oh walking God. i do a jump i fall through the ground again so then i'm just like this is fucked so i go to level six which was the next one available to me mm -hmm. i jumped to chapter six no tutorial i'm just like messing around the the climbing is horrible there's no prompts at all like you just you you literally it's one of those things where you have to like precariously jump onto a railing to then be able to drop down but it doesn't tell you like you don't snap to the railing in any way so you're just gonna fall all the time <laughs> and so like like breath of the wild kind of thing or um yeah because i guess breath of the wild I, I, I thought breath of the wild was totally fine does breath of the wild have ledge like like you kind of know you, you don't really ledge. snap to anything you really need a chance to grab things okay i wouldn't even say it's as good as that like breath of the wild at least makes kind of sense <laughs> yeah I, I think it's still relatively logical as far as breath of the wild goes there are some ledges where it's like i shouldn't be able to be on that but yeah this is more like oh you've got because you, there are even like markings on the walls kind of like uncharted where it's like oh that's a climbable ledge. oh yeah, yeah yellow paint in the lord of the rings universe <laughs> right you've got that kind Ain't of nothing thing. wrong with that dude gamers do not look up we know this from half-life <laughs> that is true that is absolutely <laughs> true and, I, and I'm, I'm saying that personal experience dude i don't mm -hmm. look up and it's been a problem <laughs> oh yeah i'm right there with you i i will get stuck and be like oh never playing this and then find a video where they did the same thing but just looked up that's why you oh, need boy. like uh what mirror's edge did where they had that yellow tape on all the or everything had a red <laughs> everything red you could jump on oh that was so easy to get around but yeah so it was just bad and then he got into the 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 talking and the mulls were off and and then ultimately my game crashed but <laughs> 
So I, can, I, no. can I provide some backstory on the developer of the of this game? Please, yeah. I'm curious. Dedalic Entertainment. They are a German uh, developer. Don't they really just publish for the most part? They like, they do. What if they the, do, what but, if they actually develop? Because I know they publish a lot. So they they've put out a lot a lot of games, things like Deponia, The Westward yeah. World, um, nineteen fifty four Alcatraz, Blackguards, Blackguards Two, Fire. They put out Fire, so you know it's gonna be good. <laughs> um, I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah, uh, they're everything they've put out since twenty seventeen. Like that was the the Pillars of the Earth game. Mm-hmm. It seems to have not done well in terms of like uh, they, they've published some really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. did a uh, uh, Hidden Deep and Barrow Trauma. Unrailed was a popular one. Like I, I know they've published stuff. I haven't realized uh, they they published uh, Shadow Tactics. I guess I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. Yeah, Blades of the Shogun. Yeah, so they they've done some good publishing work, but like I don't know anything they've actually developed. I guess these few games you're talking about here, the pony and whatnot. Yeah, I'm looking at stuff. State of Mind? That was them? Yeah, it's a lot of mid stuff. So do you think they have something to prove with this Gollum game and are just failing to do so so far? Uh, I just, I mean, you have something to prove if you're going to take the Lord of the Rings name no matter what. Like, you, sure. you have to, it's just a license that you don't very you don't very easily get handed that like we had shadow of war like the mordor well that's well that's it's really weird right because the the tolkien estate uh you know they're they they get pissy about the movies and a lot of stuff but they there are a fair amount of lord of the rings games and there are a bunch that are really really bad but you never hear their estate complaining about them you really only hear them constantly going on about the movies which is really weird Mm-hmm. It might yeah, just be a generational gap thing where they just don't understand it. That's like, why they sold all. it to THQ Nordic. They sold all the game rights to THQ Nordic because yep. they're like, yeah. this is invaluable, right? We made that console exclusive MOBA no one played. Um, but that yeah. Said, mm-hmm. That said, um, Dedalek is owned by uh, like they reached last year they were bought by um, Nacon. Oh, so the, the other publisher of the game. Because it, cause it says on Steam there's two publishers. There's Nacon and there's Daylick Entertainment. Yeah, and they're... Mm. Nacon owns... Like, they're, I'd say they're a smaller version of uh, THQ, THQ Nordic. They, they own they own Spiders, Nacon Studio Milan, Race Ward Studio, Midgar Studio, Ishtar huh. Games. Still Rising is them? Session is them? Blood Bowl 3? Yeah, they, well, that, that, that's not a good thing. From what I've heard, but Blood Bowl too. Yeah, yeah, good point. Blood Bowl in general, but yeah, I <laughs> I didn't realize Nake. I didn't realize they were under Nacon, and also didn't realize Nacon. Like I went to their website, they actually make peripherals first, and then they have a video game section where it's like here's still rising and all this other shit we do. Ugh. So it's it's weird, but yeah, that's some context. I didn't I did not know. So Al, I'll ask this: Does this make does it make it make sense why? Gollum is the way it is because of what you're looking up. Yeah, uh, Dedalic has only, as of twenty, as of this year, uh, tw- they have only about 100 employees. Ah, that makes so much sense. And four of them are making Gollum. <laughs> also, I imagine this this is going to be. Well, I, I think I think 100 employees. I don't think this is supposed to necessarily be like a full blown AAA game. Like it is yeah. Lord of the Rings, but I think it's supposed to be more double A. 
most of their work is publishing, I think 100 employees, let's say half of those are dedicated to publishing, right? 50 employees for this still is, that's that's pretty good. Mm. Um, with, but with that being said, they clearly don't have a lot of developing experience. Um, given, of course, you know, I can't, I, 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 it's not like I've looked directly into all their employees within these past five minutes and know exactly what they're doing. But just from the company's resume, it doesn't look like there's a much, it's a mo it's mostly publishing, which it feels, it's just, I don't know. It just feels weird that now they're developing this because they don't really have anything to prove as a publisher, it seems, but to develop it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta kind of wonder how they got there. Mm. Yeah. That is a, it's a strange one. I, I really don't know what's up with Gollum until it actually comes out, I guess, which we'll find out soon enough what the fuck is up with Gollum. Um, but for now, just play that stealth game, Sticks. It looks like the same thing, but better. So Sticks is, Sticks is pretty fun. Yes. Sticks is a fairly fun game. It's a, li it's a little slow to start, but it's fun enough. I'd recommend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like $2 all the time. Plus it's Steam Deck compatible. Yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, hop on that. At least one of them is. I was looking it up while I was looking at Gollum stuff. Um, but in any case, enough about packs. Enough about us. Let's talk about some of the games we've been playing this week. Um, I know we're an hour into the show, so perhaps we won't stick on what we're playing all too do, long. Can we do like one game each in the essence yeah. of time? Yeah, because it is midnight at this point. So we're going to do one game each. And uh, we're going to actually kick it off with Al over here. Uh, what game have you been playing this week? What you been up to, buddy? So I've been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. That game. Ah, oh, man. Ah. oh, man. Hell, yeah. I didn't know if you were actually going to go for it, because I know you're, you're hit or miss with these horror games, but I know you like some previous REs, so I'm glad you're on this one. Resident Evil 4 is original is my favorite game of all time. So, Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. And I, I, yeah, I have it on PC and X, Series X, and I think I just start playing it on PC because I've been looking into the mods for that game. Ah, mm. Tramp Stamp Leon. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to buy it on PC just to get stupid shit like that. <laughs> and thankfully, it is not as creepy as it is. It's more creepy on YouTube with just the stuff with that game mm -hmm. than it is on Access Mods, which is a rare thing to see. Well, thank God. I mean, how what what type of creepy mod? Like there was obvious mod fodder in RE eight with Lady Dimitris and everything. When you get to Ashley, RE four, oh, uh, I've already, I've already seen plenty of stuff. And actually, my, my my take on that is as long as it goes both ways, you're good. Because yeah. if you could put Ashley in a skimpy outfit, you gotta be able to put Leon in a skimpy outfit. And guess what? The Leon outfits came out first. Yeah, Leon mm -hmm. the Sex Kennedy. That's his name. That's what the S stands for. Beyond the six, Kennedy. I love that. Um, yeah. So it's not just like my main reason for wanting to mod the game is not. It's actually, it's actually more of restoring things from the original version. Like there's a there was a mod that came out around the time of the demo, where it was like a re replaced Leon's uh, face, like his model with the original, like with an updated version of like the more faithful version of original Leon. Hmm. Wait, there, more then faithful. there's like, there's one with, um, no aiming zoom. Mm -hmm. So, so like there's another one with, with Romero style headshots where like just one shot kills the, uh, kills every zombie. Plaga. Oh, Plaga. Yeah. <laughs> they're not zombies. They're freakers, but yeah, but you're then, right. <laughs> but then they're like, there are silent Hill, silent Hill, um, outfit mods for the characters. And I'm like, 
I oh, I've seen that one. They're yeah, they're, like, they're pretty good. Like Ashley as Maria, Leon as James. I'm like, so. Huh. They should make one as uh, Ashley as Maria from um, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, why did oh, I? Yeah. I thought you were about to say West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, That's the Hedgehog. A... Maria. God, I forgot uh, that was even a thing. But yeah, as you're saying, I think what ultimately sealed sealed it in was me seeing that there's a a uh, de- like a mod for to put in a dedicated dodge roll. So I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do that now. Mm, yeah, get some iframes in your re. Well, you already got a parry dodge roll. At that point, it's just Devil May Cry. <laughs> Actually, no, it's God of War. <laughs> hey, Devil May Cry was born out of Resident Evil 4. Great point. Great point. You, you got me there. Um, but yeah, I, I'll say this for the RE4 remake. I, I'm also very interested to play it. Um, as the story goes, I played RE4 for the first time, I want to say 2019, maybe 2018. And it was the first time I finally beat it. One of my favorite games of all time. It's like it's like top 25 or top 26 something in there and for context dj uh, i did make a top 100 games list so it's like number 25 or 26 on that list um and yeah i love that game to death the remake i was afraid of just because that first game did not age at all but it sounds like this one is worth playing it sounds like you know you're enjoying this have you beaten it yet al or are you still making your way through i'm alternating between um pc and xbox Mm, okay respectable and the one thing I noticed that just immediately hit me, huh? The the whole the map like the the the, the map has been reversed, and I'm just like, okay, I think this is how because I was I was expecting it to be a faithful one to one recreation in terms of progression. Hmm. Nah, they said nah. We gotta yeah, no, it's a, a remake, not not the remaster. Which <laughs> I, I think we've been seeing some cool. Some cool remakes between Final yeah. Fantasy VII and Resident Evil and Dead Space. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah and Dead Space. Space. Yeah, when are they gonna get a real remake? Let's remake Jet Li's Rise of Honor. Come on, that's all I want. Actually, that's not actually something I want, but that would be cool. <laughs> I'd play it. Um, but yeah, I think they want to, you know, make sure that because Resident Evil Four is one of those games where certain people just play that game their entire lives. They have fifty playthroughs and they just know it like the back of their hands. So I think they wanted to throw some curveballs in there and say. Hey, this is mirrored, so you're not going to be able to use the exact same muscle memory to find everything, to do everything. Um, plus, they told I've heard that they've taken out some content from the game. Um, it's not as severe as things people complained about for RE3 Remake, but I think it's going to be a pretty different game than the original. And everybody seems to like it, so hey, no harm, no foul. I definitely need to get on it, though. It definitely seems like a... Seems like one of those games that I better play and I better beat before the end of the year because I don't want to have a God of War situation where I still haven't played it. I know. Oh, I'm terrible. dude. Well, okay. Out, man. I, I started it. I'm like, I think I'm 15 hours in. I haven't touched it since December. <laughs> oh, my God, man. That was my game of the year, 2022. I didn't think it would beat out Elden Ring for me, but it did. I know. I'm I'm awful. I got to get around to it. And we had a whole a damn near podcast where people were talking about it. I had to get off so they could talk about the ending uh it was bad yeah both of them were there they know it was if you're listening to the show right now you heard it last week (laughs) so you know my plight you know my pain um so yeah re4 definitely a certified classic as far as you're concerned al it's actually it's actually my game of the year right now oh hell yeah oh hell yeah i love that we're finding those this early 
like between this and people love that Dead Space remake, which I, I'll ask this real quick. Did you touch that Dead Space re- Dead Space remake at all, Al? Yeah. Um I I had that uh, around the time the game came out, I had the um that that tragedy I mentioned. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember yeah, that. So I, I'm tr- I'm trying to get back to that. I'm trying to get back to it. I have it installed on, on my PC. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that would be a good again one to in like two weeks. In like a week, like next week, um, the Mega Man stuff comes out. Oh, Battle Network is next week. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm mostly excited because it means we might get Star Force. Please, oh. that's all I want. I just want Star Force ports. And then, like the week after that, it's is a uh, is a uh, Jedi Fallen Jedi Survivor Jedi Survivor. Hmm. And in between both of those is Advance Wars one one plus two. Finally, and then D- Dead Island two. Finally, <laughs> we got a lot of things coming, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to all of it, and by looking forward, I mean I can't wait to watch the reviews and then not play it for three years because apparently that's my life now. I just play shit two years after they come out. Um. Which actually, I was gonna say, which leads me to the game that I played this week. But uh, Graydon, let me uh, go ahead and bounce back to you real quick. I want to see what you've been playing this week. Uh, what little weird indie game have you been dipping your toes in that I've never heard of before? Um, a little game called MLB The Show Twenty Three. Uh, the one, the one uh, uh, that that they used to try and predict games in the MLB this year. Wait, they're legit doing that? Like the Madden yeah, thing? yeah. The, they ran a simulation of the game. Red Sox coming out as number two in the league, and uh, that's bullshit because the Sox are ass right now. They're terrible. Mm. But yes, they uh, they mentioned that they're using MLB the Show and they run simulations for the games for the whole season. They did it. It's, okay, so this, it's funny. To bring this, it's great to bring this up because I think I, right when COVID hit, like with lockdown, for, or like when right when the pandemic hit and sh- like shut down the season for a bit, mm-hmm. they were having full on broadcasts of the announcers like like the, i swear like on the mets youtube channel they had the actual like they had gary gary cohen uh ron darling keith hernandez um doing commentary of an of, of the show exhibit like game that was playing oh my as, god it is it is that great. sounds amazing I, i've got to go watch that i think it was mets astros and they were making it was right, right it was like they were making jokes about about uh, Houston, and it was this one of those things where like I I I'm I'm always gonna remember, remember where I was when that when I saw that. I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to find. It's that. incredible. Arena's back, and it's with baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. Also, as a very tangential side note, as soon as you said Houston, it made me think of the video that came out while I was on vacation of Megan Thee Stallion throwing the pitch for that one uh, Astros game, and. Uh, I'll tell you what, me and Gabby had the same thought. That's all I'm going to say. Um, shout out to Meg Stallion. She's great. Um, anywho, how's that new MLB, Graydon? <laughs> uh, I like it. I think I think it's fun. Um, I, I mean, there's not... I don't see as deep of a change year over year as, like, Alan does, who really dives deep into these and, like... Uh, hold on. Hold on, I'm not like. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you're good. If I couldn't okay. hear you, I would have been like, "Yo, I have to fill the space." <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, compared to like last year, we liked it. We thought it was pretty good. This year, 
I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoy as I had written to the group chat the other day, I feel like there's a charm to this one. And I, I think it comes from like the new animations and the commentary is really like just varied. And there, there was just some moment in it. I forget what it was there. They were talking about the 2018 world series and like just a moment. Oh, it was something about Chris sale. And like, you hear the, the commentators just going back and forth and they're like, we, we commentated that together. Didn't we? Yes, we did. That was a lot of fun. And it's just like, it's just like really sweet. Like what the fuck? These are just like computer men, but they're real. It makes them feel like real. Yeah, it just feels like so like you're actually doing something and then like the there's different camera angles that make it look like oh we're we're showing different replays. It just doesn't feel like an old sports game anymore. Like you really feel like you're watching a game that you're that you're playing at the same time. It's like and you're really there. It's like you're really there. <laughs> and I don't know, I just really I like it. I've been playing uh, March to <clears throat> March to October a lot and hmm. hoping that something <laughs> something there feels different. And I would say that it does. So it, is there, I, um, have they finally added uh, an ask Madden feature or is that still missing? <laughs> that is still missing. Uh, that's absurd, man. That's unplayable. No yeah. ask Madden. No ask Madden. And then I can't believe be. this dude. <laughs> what would be the uh, Madden equivalent for baseball? Because all I can think of is like I don't care. I still just want John Madden. Ask Dice K Matsuzaka. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. You went. You went somewhere with actual knowledge behind it. I was just like Rosie O'Donnell. I, I just from... like Dice K Matsuzaka when I was a kid because I thought his name was cool. <laughs> he is cool. Yeah, he is. He's pitching for the Sox. It's great. We couldn't get asked. Like... We could. Yeah, go ahead. Just wait till you hear about uh, Keigawa. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, you can't even... We can't get asked Madden, but we got the entire cast of Sandlot. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> sorry. I'm getting worse. Sandlot 2. Sorry, everybody. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. But in any case, yeah. MLB still trucking on. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good game. Uh, uh, might... mm -hmm. uh, Grin? Yeah. So, they actually... Uh, they actually... The the comments of the play to play for uh, only 2023. They actually, they, they, those two are actually the um, announcers for ESPN radio. And they, oh, okay. uh, they legitimately called the, um, like they did the play to play for ESPN radio for the 2018 world series. Okay. So there's yeah. like, there's, it's not, not, it's not, it's actual, like, like they actually full on called, did the play play for it so that's mm -hmm. cute i like that yeah that's really pleasant that's really pleasant so hopefully ooh, excuse me and as a little bit of a teaser hopefully uh if you want to hear more about mlb we got something planned for you on the next episode of players club so look out for that in the next week or two um so yeah good stuff on that front uh now let's go ahead and go on to dj what you've been playing this week what you've been up to so over the past month or so, I've been on probably my third or fourth playthrough of the entire Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, the yes. Legendary Edition came out on, what, June of last year? And as of today, I am at 217.9 hours. I just keep playing it, dude. And it's sincerely... I, I, I fully consider it to be 
probably like the best RPG series I've ever played. Um, it's it's just so much fun. I know the third game has a lot of issues and with the ending and that if you're playing Renegade, you're just shooting yourself in the foot in the third game. But I still think three is a lot of fun. Um, but again, has issues with the ending. The fact that it's way more skewed towards playing Paragon, which for those who don't know is like is sort of good cop, bad cop. Renegade is sort of your bad cop, loose cannon. Paragon is like everyone be friends. And it, they really want you to play Paragon, the third game. Um, and it has some pacing issues. It's just, hey, we're going to solve this, now solve this, now solve this. These major issues that have been just around forever. Um, but I think it has the best DLC, and it has um, just the best combat in the game. I mean, they add that cool heavy melee, where if you ever go and watch the trailer, it has, like, the, like, blade coming out of his Omni tool on his arm. It's just, it's so much fun. And the animation's different for every class. Um... It's just so much fun. Um, I every single time that I play the game, I always romance Tali Zora because she's the best. Um, and was why I was really upset there were no Quarians in Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, it's just so much fun. Shepard's such a cool dude, and Mark Mir does such a great job voicing him. Um, and this Legendary Edition let me because until this Legendary Edition came out, I only played the third game. I picked it up one day randomly. I still have it. Actually, I got it in a box right behind me right now in in, in the in the disc case, and uh, and it still has the little tag on it for like you know command your squad mates with Xbox Connect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I had never played one or two, but you know I had a friend who loved two, um, and uh, and I never played them until now, and now it's like. It's and I enjoyed three when I first played it, but when you come into this and you play them all back to back and you import your character from each game with your decisions, it it it's just different. When you save when when you go to the suicide mission at the end of two and and you manage to save everyone and you get to see them again in three and they all come and help you, it is just it's this sort of feeling of just continuity and a real story that uh, I think you just can't get anywhere else, especially mm. with Tali. One of the reasons that I always go with her is that she is the most developed character in the series, like hands down. She starts off super naive, like like when you find her, she she trusts these criminals to try and help her out. And she's just this like naive girl. And you, you see her develop, develop as a character and a leader of her species, which is why she's such a cool character. Shepard is very much that, you know, that Master Chief kind of character, just a cool dude that you can kind of project onto if you want and be, oh my god, he's just like me for real. <laughs> and and Shepard can do that, and he has the sickest, like, the sickest fade, dude. I mean, look at that dude's hair. Um, oh, yeah. It, I mean, so many Perfect cool characters, time. so many fun interactions, and I love playing through it because every time I, I go through it, I'll take different characters with me through all these games because you'll get different bits of dialogue depending on who you have with you. And the modding community is great. There are lots of just quality of life improvements and even just, like, unique missions that people have actually put together or cut content and that now I'm, fi I'm finally getting to play. And it's just, it's, I can never get enough of this. It's now become just my go-to series for like, I don't know what to play. You know what? I'm going to run through Mass Effect again. Mm, damn. I respect the hell out of that. I had no clue that game was about that life in that way. Um, I'll tell you what. I have a weird relationship with Mass Effect. I played that second game just because everyone wouldn't stop talking about it. 
because that first game I heard was just not fun to actually it's, play. It has not aged well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, see, the thing with the first game is it certainly hasn't aged well. The gameplay is kind of whatever. The story's decent, but there isn't really a ton of it. But the world building and setting that it created, even today, is unlike anything else. It's insane how much lore and little bits and pieces to things that there are. And when 2 came around, they really refined that gameplay. And then I think 3's gameplay is really the epitome of it. Mm. Yeah, I need to go back because I still haven't touched 3. What I might do is, because when I played that second game, I played it back on the PlayStation 3. Now that they have the remastered trilogy and everything, I think I'll go back, start from the beginning one day, and just run through that whole thing in the course. Uh, of I'd, like, I'd highly months. recommend it. You, you can be one and not too long because there isn't really a ton to it, honestly. Um, and I was worried when they first announced this because I looked and was like, when they announced this, the screenshots they showed were awful, like <laughs> lens flare obscuring everything. It was terrible. But now that it's out, it it, it looks really good, actually. Like they seem to have fixed that, so everything's great. It, it's it's a good time. The only thing is, uh, there's a DLC from the first game that's missing. It's like a survival mode DLC, and it's mm. missing because uh, I I don't I can't confirm if this is true, but I heard that apparently the source code for it was corrupted or missing or something, so they just couldn't add it because they yeah. have to just make it completely from scratch or something. Um. Which is unfortunate, but otherwise, I, I really can't recommend the series enough. And the Legendary Edition is a $60 game that you get three games all with all the DLC besides the one. It's like, and I mean, you do everything. It's easily 100 plus hours of content. Like, you may, you, like you, you may as well be playing a Xenoblade game. Like, <laughs> that, that's how much content you get in this for 60 bucks for an amazing continuity and world that you can't find anywhere else. Well, I'll tell you two things. Number one... That is a great deal that I don't even got to worry about because I'm sure I own that game. I have it through Game Pass and I also have it through. True. I don't it know. Is on Game Pass. EA Play. I think I got it from. Yeah. Like if, you Prime. Have, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, then you have you have EA Play as well. So it's on there. Bingo, bingo. So, yeah, I got I got it in 17 different ways. So at this point, it's just a matter of time. Time that I don't have because the only games I play are four hour long games like the last game we're going to talk about here today. Um, this is the game that I played. This is the game I was hinting to earlier. Uh, the Gunk. Has anyone heard of The Gunk? Uh, I, I saw it, was eyeing it, and then found out it came out and was like, oh, that came out. But I've just never gotten around to it. But I, was, I've, I it always seemed kind of neat. Wasn't it one of those ones that like Xbox was hyping? Yeah, it was on like their ID at Xbox, I think, a few years back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it that certainly was. the game that has uh, Fiona from... Teeth, right? Yeah, Fiona Nova. She's the voice of the lead, actually. Yeah, the I'll say right now, because this game was kind of I don't know if they were marketing the fact that Fiona was a voice and that was like a big thing, but there's only three voices in this game. <laughs> like there's only two characters that have actual lines, and then everyone else are aliens that just speak and gl 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 talk like that. And you have to <laughs> subtitle it. Um, but I'll say right now, I enjoyed the gunk a lot. It kind of gave me vibes. This is the second time I'm bringing up Omno, but I love Omno. If you've heard the show, if you heard the Game of the Year stuff from last from last week, then you'll know. Also, I like Omno. Um, that was a very chill game, very relaxing game. The Gunk feels similar in that not that there's no combat. I would say there is combat in the Gunk, but it's like indirect combat. You're ne you're never shooting anything in the Gunk. You're never punching anything in the Gunk. Your main mechanic is vacuuming. Earlier. Earlier, I talked about how this kind of reminded me of uh, Power Wash Simulator, 
Literally, the, the main mechanic is you'll walk around and it's this beautiful, lush alien world, but there are pockets that are corrupted by the gunk. And the gunk is like this black, like molten,ous flying slime. And you just go around and suck it up. And once it's all sucked up, the area you're in kind of sprouts back to life and like the flowers bloom back and the mushrooms come back and all this stuff just starts sprawling. And you do that for four to five hours. And you would think, oh, I probably beat that in a day or two. No, nah, it took me like two weeks. Because <laughs> that's how maybe my attention span is just shrinking or something. But it took me a while. I, I, I started that before my girlfriend's birthday, which was on the 18th. And then it, I came back around. I didn't beat it until after we got back from the trip. So <laughs> that was like beginning of April. Uh, so it took me a while. But it was a good game. I'm glad that I stuck with it. Uh, and it's very, when I talk about it being similar to Omno, Yes, there isn't a lot of combat later on in the game. There are like these alien creatures, but the first the first enemy that they give you that are alien creatures that you fight, you literally just suck them up with a vacuum and then throw them away somewhere else. So you never actually hit them or shoot them. You just pick them up and toss them. And then there are like these turret things that pop up near the end of the game. And those are a similar thing where you just get up to it, suck it, and just pull it off of its root. And then it just blows up. Um, so it's very simple in that way. Uh, it's very, it has a story, like the dialogue back and forth between, uh, the main character and the other young lady that is also in your little posse and by posse, I mean two people. Um, it's very endearing dialogue. It feels very real. It has that weird tone where it feels like a, um, it has that Pixar or really it has that DreamWorks vibe of like, oh, everything's cute and colorful and alien world and exaggerated facial features. Cause this game is kind of cartoony. But then they say like words like damn and asshole and they swear. They have like PG swears in the script. No one says shit or fuck, but they'll swear every now and then. And it'll just take me out just a little bit because I'm like, oh, that was like a cute kids, kids game. No, this is like going for a PG-13 vibe. Um, that was how I felt with God of War Ragnarok actually was they would like swear and it completely took me out of the game. Yeah. Like I wish they'd actually just like swear in like, I don't know, Nordic or something. Yeah. Like what? What was the uh, the thing they did in Guardians of the Galaxy? Or like what the flark? Like that? There should have been a what the flark, but the Nordic version in God of War. Yeah, like even if it's stupid, it's it's less likely to take me out of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely took me out a little bit. Not in the oh they would not swear, but just in a I thought this vibe was one thing, and the swearing is inconsistent with what I expected that vibe to be. Yeah, um, and, and like mm -hmm. and look, man, like I'm a New Englander, like that's like I, we're we're born swearing mm -hmm. like and it, it's still i don't know i feel like it doesn't I have a super that. huge place like being too common in video games I, I i can't i don't really have a good reason for it i can't really explain it but it just sounds weird to hear a video game character swear like more than a couple times in like any capacity yeah for sure for sure it it just feels weird it's not like they go hard on it it's just every now yeah. and then it's like oh okay that's interesting um, but I do think it's good. The whole thing is like, I'm not going to spoil it, but it is just a very extended allegory of like how America, how, not even Americans, but mostly Americans because we're industrialized as shit, but how humans have treated the planet. And it's a big allegory about that. You can imagine the places it goes there. Um, but it's cute. It's fun. Uh, it's very, very short. Like I said, it, online, it said you could beat it in four hours. Uh, I explored a little bit just to get some extra upgrades. I beat it in just under five. So you could definitely run through this really quickly in a weekend uh, or really in an afternoon. Uh, and yeah, I recommend it. I think y'all should try it. It's still on Game Pass. It came out late yes, 2021. It is. I'm installing it right now. 
Bingo. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's a good one for streaming, too. I played an hour or two of this on my Steam Deck just from bed. So it's it's very low stakes, and it's not like the latency isn't ruining your experience in this one because it is very much so like a... What I said in the review for it, because what I'm trying to do is make like... Like how I do when I watch a movie and I write like a very short letterbox review, unless it's like one of my favorite movies of all time and I'll write a big ass letterbox review. Um, I'm writing small reviews for every game I beat this year, starting with the gunk, the first game I beat this year, which was in April, which I know I'm slipping. Um, but what I said in the review, as I pull it up, I said something along the lines of, where's that fucking review? Come on, internet website, work for me. All right, here we are. I said... It has the peaceful vibe and light gameplay of Omno, the satisfying cleaning of Power Wash Simulator, and the collection, the, the collectathon-based upgrade systems of something like Grow Home. If you remember Grow Home, um, yeah, it's it's a good classic. Game. Yeah, I think Grow Home is a classic. Yeah, I love that game. So I played like three times. It's it's a fun, relaxing game you can beat in like an afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and this is exactly one of those. So if you're in the mood for something like that, I uh, can't recommend this enough. And yeah, Fiona Nova killed it with the voice work. She she really did good on here. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. That's the whole kit and caboodle for this episode. Um, now, first off, I did not necessarily in this doc write a whole section for uh, things to shout out, but I will shout out a few things. Of course, if you listen to everything in this feed from last week, uh, the Game of the Year stuff just went live. All of that wrapped up last week. So if you want to see what we thought about all of the games of last year, uh, I know we're like four months late and that's my fault, but we still have those opinions up there. Go ahead and check that out. Um, also, something that happened while while we've been on this hiatus with this show, um, April 1st has passed. It has come and gone. And I love this fucking article from fucking Josh Josh Miller put up this fucking thing. VG Fools, it's time to remake the guy game. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I saw this shit and I was fucking flabbergasted with this fucking joke. This is exactly my type of humor. Um, so, so that, yeah. Graydon pitched that, pitched the idea of VG Fools. So all credit goes to him. Josh then deserves credit for himself for taking that and just, just flooring it with it. Mm-hmm. And it the the amiibo stuff is great. The uh, the sneak king, <laughs> yeah, better. Oh yeah, the sneak king shit got me too. Good guy, yeah. Sneak king sneaks to six point seven million in an auction. Yeah, I'm probably gonna include that one too. A lot of those articles were just fucking great. So yeah, you can look down in the description on this episode to see more about that because good god all the vg fools things were fucking killing me i was like god that's i wish i thought of those bits like those are really fucking good um and looking around the site to see what else uh we have going on i know on our youtube channel we got a couple things going on um ooh, real quick before i say that uh just a quick shout out to uh both welcome to the thing and also the spoonful podcast the latest episodes of those are linked below i'm pretty sure the one that will be linked below is an episode that I'm recording in like four days. So I have no clue what Welcome to the Thing is about, but it's probably about the trip I just took. I'll probably mention that a lot. Um, and then also Spoonful that is coming out in two days from this recording. That is also mostly about the trip I just took. So if you want to hear what went down in L.A., what went down in Boston, uh, I got stories. So listen to that. It's a good time. Um, but as far as YouTube goes for the personal channel, for the VGU channel, um, we got uh, Edge's Road to WrestleMania. 
that whole series has been going and it's still going a little bit longer. Um, I'll say right now, when I went to WrestleMania, as someone who does not follow wrestling at all, I was flabbergasted that Edge was still wrestling. I was like, wait, was he here in like 2002? And they're like, yeah, he's been in therapy for 10 years and now he's back. And it's like, holy shit. So yeah, crazy Edge is still here and crazy that you have a series <laughs> right I about totally this. I totally have not been sitting on that for like a year and a half, year or two. They don't need to know. Uh, yeah, you recorded this last week. All of this just came out, or not last week. Last, uh, uh, you recorded this in February, right before March started. <laughs> there you go. No one knows any better. Uh, so yeah, you can check out that video on the channel or that series of videos, actually. And you're going to be getting some more of those over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so shout out to that one. Also, a VGU rewind for Rage, the original Rage. Um, I, I really respect that one, Al, because you know me, I, I really like Rage 2. And I played Rage 1, but it's cool to see where the excellence that is Rage 2, the relative excellence, let me be honest. Uh, it, it's good to see where that came from. So shout out to that one. Um, and let's see what else we got here. Another VGU rewind with Rocket League. If you want to see a big old, uh, what would I say? A, 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 a cultural phenomenon? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, for Rocket League, yeah. If you want to see something about that, then yeah, that shit is good. So check that out in the description as well. And uh, we got some other stuff coming out pretty soon, but nothing I'm gonna spoil quite yet. I'm trying to see, trying to play out in my head because we're recording this pretty early. This thing comes out like more than a week from now. Um, oh, let's uh, see. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be some. I mean, we're, we're been recording some VG plays Pokemon stuff. Ah, yes. Um, yeah. I, I was, I kind of record, uh, OBS has been difficult lately. Mm -hmm. OBS been on some BS. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. So I've been, I've had to rely on the, on the, um, Elgato, like the Elgato proper, um, software. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, I just want to nuke that thing from orbit. <laughs> <laughs> are you wait are you using the software where it has like the rewind function and all that stuff or are you actually i might just hit you up on that later on because it's almost 1 a.m let me not keep you up too long um but yeah we i might be able to figure out something on that or i might not i don't know yet but we'll talk it out uh probably tomorrow um and so yeah we got that coming uh we got recap polestar is another video coming up on the channel uh it's coming up as the time of us recording this by the time you're listening to this that shit will be on the channel as well so i uh, look out for that and uh, a lot well, more uh, stuff is coming to you one last thing mm -hmm. the uh vg rewind for rocket league yes that is actually that's an oldie i believe yeah that is not even this version of this iteration of vgu those is from the original version of vgu.tv that's why because i was looking around for that i was like i felt like we did a video like that <laughs> but um, no i it was from the old iteration yeah yeah because i i remember i remember like again it's one of those things where i remember where i, I literally remember like i remember the what i was thinking when i was when that when this this was recorded so yeah yeah, put yourself back in that headspace. So, yeah, that that's an oldie, but definitely a goodie. So check that one out. Uh, checking through other articles that have gone up on the site recently. I know, uh, I believe, Graydon, this was you. Uh, yeah, the Game of the Year Best Music category. I know you're Mr. Music, so uh, we let you have that one effectively. I think everybody contributed. Oh, wait, no, that was Josh. That was Josh. I think everyone got on that one. Yeah, everyone got on that one. I had done a Best Music of 2022 thing um it was oh it was that the best albums 
Um, I did do that. I did best album, my, my top five albums of the year, too. That's it. But, That's come out um, since the hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Ultra Kill soundtrack wasn't one of them. That's a problem, by the way. We, we you, you and I are going to have to talk about that. Okay. Oh, no. Lock I'm your doors. Just, He's wasn't the, wasn't the Ultra Kill soundtrack. That's a problem. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, we got a lot more articles out here. We got a uh, game of the year best narrative category. You can also check. Uh, you also got the most anticipated game for this year uh, that also came out somewhat recently. We got a lot of stuff coming. And of course, all the game of the year stuff that came out. More stuff that I'm trying to do. I want to do some more stuff for the site. I have to make time. But, you know, I got a new schedule at work, y'all. So I'm off every other weekend. So maybe I can actually have that time. Um, but I'm not making promises until I fulfill the ones I've already made. So let's go ahead with that energy. Let's go ahead and go to sleep tonight because I need it if I'm going to put out these game of the year videos or not videos these game of the year podcasts tomorrow so i gotta sleep so i can wake up and do that in the morning um so with that being said uh first off dj thank you for hopping on here thank hopefully you, you enjoyed for having it me. it's been a blast yeah it, you it was a blast being on here with you we are seems like we're kindred spirits as far as gaming taste goes so yeah, man, it's nice I'm, to have you on. I'm always happy to share my opinions or as i call them facts <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> i respect that energy i respect it a lot um, and Graydon, once again, thank you for hopping on, even though you're a little tuckered out there. Hopefully you can go to sleep now. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I, <laughs> you I, and me I, both, Graydon. I'm leaving tireder than I started, which I didn't know was possible. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, hey, that's... I had a great time. Yeah, that bed's going to feel great. I'm telling you that. And same for you, Al. Hopefully you're going to get a good night's sleep tonight. Yeah, I definitely need that. I'm totally sh- not going to play more. It'll be for... Or contribute more to the 81 hours. Yeah, uh, that might be enough time. You can definitely put some more hours in later on. It's it's sleep time tonight for all of us, I suppose. Um, and I've been Emmett Watkins Jr. again. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for being patient while I figure my life out. We figure out the game of the year stuff. And I get back to the normally scheduled Players Club episode. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, little programming note, I did say this at the end of uh, the Game of the Year stuff, but I'm just going to reiterate, we're probably going to be looking at Players Club episodes being every two weeks, because right now, it's a little bit easier to schedule that, since I do have that every other weekend off. Um, one weekend where I can plan to show, one weekend where I can actually record and edit it. Um, so we're probably going to be doing that for the next little while. Um, if I get a job that gives me more free time, maybe that will change. But right now in these night sessions that I'm on, that seems to be the move. Uh, hopefully that'll be better for other things too. So yeah, look forward to that. Um, and look forward to this episode and hopefully we'll have a guest on next episode. So, uh, or another guest, I should say. So look forward to that. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Thank you all once again. And as I always say, keep it real, keep it true, and play on, player. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>